Hello and welcome to our Black History Month series of podcasts. I'm Raphael Gabrezadik, an associate in Travis Smith's private equity team. And I'm Asma Rashid. I'm also senior counsel, also in our private equity and financial sponsor team. And we're delighted today to be joined by Jacqueline Tyro from Towerbrook for this episode, where we'll be talking about role modelling, leadership and much more. So um, first question, Jackie, to get us going, why don't you tell us just a bit about yourself um, and your background, education and how you've got to the role that you're in today? Sure. Um, well, first, thank you, Raf Asma, for inviting me on the podcast today. I'm really excited to, to talk with you both about role modelling and my um, career path and, and journey. I am currently Associate General Counsel at Tower Brook, where I mostly provide transaction support and advise deal teams through the investment process. I am a mom to two girls, eight and three years old, and a passionate advocate and supporter for gender and racial diversity in the city. Um, I've actually been at Talbrook for a little over two years, and I must say I'm really enjoying in-house practice. I started my legal career at Kirkland & Ellis back in 2009, working in the private equity team there after receiving my JD MBA from Kellogg and the Northwestern School of Law back in the States. So I'm from America, if you could not tell by my accent. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, I, I, I believe I kind of stumbled into law. Um, you know, I, I actually received my en an engineering degree at Columbia. Um, back in New York. And from there, I took a job in corporate finance after I graduated. And my plan was to go back to grad school, get my MBA, and continue a career in corporate finance. But one of my best friends, she was recently accepted to Har into Harvard Law, and she shared with me the pay scale for law firm associates. <laughs> I said, actually, you know what? I need to add law to my uh, future career options. So I applied for the JD MBA program, got in, and you know did a 180 on my um, my um, career path because the financial downturn hit, and law not only paid well, it was a safer option and choice at the time. I chose to move abroad. Um, you know, I had never worked outside of the U.S., but I really wanted to broaden my exposure to different cultures and and people. And luckily, K and E was joined the London office straight from, from graduation, and I thought working in private equity would be a really great way to also use the finance and commercial skills I had picked up from business school. Um, so that's how I got to London, and I've been here now since 2009. Um, I met my husband a month after I moved here and, you know, haven't really looked back, and, um, you know, it's a journey where when it began, I definitely did not expect to, you know, end up in this career in PE, but it's, it's been a very interesting um, um, journey so far, so. That's fascinating, and I really like, um, thought, um, resonated with what you said about um, the pay scales, actually, because I think for a lot of people, a lot of um, young people getting into law, I think, for example, that's one reason why they might choose in the UK to be a solicitor instead of a barrister, specifically <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, um, you know, go through that same thought process. That's really interesting. Yes, I agree, Raph. It's um, it's a it's a pull, isn't it, at that stage of your life? So um, yes, but I can we can all relate to that. I think. 
So, um, Jackie, just moving a little bit on in terms of your, we tweet at Travis talk a lot about role models and the role that they play in help illuminating career paths. And also just to signal that it's okay for people just to be themselves here. What do you think about the idea of role models? Um, well, you know, role models are very important, um, especially it's especially helpful for young people in school and for juniors just starting their careers, because I believe it's important to be able to see yourself doing that job or the role that you're aspiring to achieve. But then if there's no one doing it that looks like you or comes from a similar background, you can easily be discouraged from pursuing that path. And, and you know, that actually happened to me in undergrad. I mentioned I, I did engineering when I when I joined when I started at Columbia, I actually wanted to be a computer scientist. I had read about it in career books. I was really good in math in high school and said, yep, this is what I want to do. This is where you know the economy and, and this is the future computing. But um, when I walked into the computer programming classes at college, I, you know, for the one of the first experiences, experiences walking into a large room um, and really being one of the only or a handful of black people in the room. And I'm sorry, I started stumbling because I actually, I will never forget the first time this happened. I, I had joined a pre-college summer program um, for really bright students interested in computer engineering, like me. And I remember walking into that college and opening the door to the lecture hall and honestly thought I was just in the wrong place. Like I had made a mistake. There were, you know, no less than 60 students, all men. There were two women. I was the third woman to walk in the room and the only black person. And it was just quite shocking because I had actually grown up in a diverse upbringing. So it was something I hadn't, hadn't really experienced before. And I mean, this, this has continued to happen. I'm sure you, you two may have your own experience with this. Continues to happen and I've definitely gotten used to it. But as a teen, it was really discouraging. You know, there were no role models at the time for me to look up to in that field and no peers that looked like me or came from my background that I could see. And I'm sure they probably did exist, but at 18, I didn't know where to find them. Um, and so, you know, I definitely, landed well. I'm in a great career now. But for for young people and students, it's so important that that they have um, role models that they can look up to and, and that they can see themselves in. Um, you know, I, with that said, I have to recognize that the, um, a lot of careers still need a to, to do a lot of work to in, improve representation. And um, I don't want it as part of a lot of the mentoring and um, work I do with young people now, I try to really impart upon them how to, how to push forward, even if you don't have the role models there to, to look up to. But I, I can't deny that it's so critical and so important um, for, for, for young people. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I cannot agree more. Um, 
So you sort of touched upon the fact that you now sort of mentor young, younger people. Um, so do you see yourself as a role model now? Um, and, and how do you encourage others to become role models? Yeah, I, I totally do see myself as a role model. Um, and I've had to sort of step into that and, and really accept it. Be and now um, it impacts a lot of how I present myself and work and how I interact said, with young women and junior professionals. Um, one thing I really try to do in addition to giving insight and as much advice as I can on what it takes to be successful in the legal profession, you know, I also really try hard to maintain my authenticity, which is not always easy to do in this field. It's important that um, young women and young black women, especially who see me, see that they too can do what I've done and, and honestly way more. Um, because I, um, you know, I, I want to be one of the women, there's, there's many people of color, there's many black women right now in the field who, who are senior and, and achieving a lot just like yourselves. And I just think it's really important to start changing the narrative for what a successful city lawyer looks like. And so when I think of myself as a role model, that, that's what I have in mind is right now, there's probably an idea of what it takes to be successful. And I, I want um, young people and young black women, especially to see that there's another way to do it. Um, and, and so that's, that's really important. Uh, yeah, and I, I want to definitely encourage more um, more people to be role models and to and to and to do it to give back and to to show um, young people that there are different stories that it's not just one story of a white middle class man making it to the top there there are other stories as well and it's important to to share those yeah I totally agree I think that's it's really good to hear and um, you know and um, the importance of having those, those people to look up to I, I mean I remember the first um, time I, I went to Travers for my um, training contract interview and my interview was great everything was fine um, and then they do a tour around the building um, and I left that tour I met lo lots of lovely people on the tour but I left that tour and um, leaving their offices and felt really weird and it took me a while to realize that <laughs> the, the strange feeling that I felt was that I just spent you know an hour or so whatever in this building and was the only black person there like I felt like I didn't see anybody else I didn't see any <laughs> <laughs> any variation of anything and that kind of like made me feel a bit strange really I was like I've had such a good interview I still want to you know start my career here and everything but already having that feeling of being different of being other mm -hmm. was a bit discouraging actually to begin with um, and um, and I think actually just following on from what you're saying about being a role model um, uh, do you think that there's extra pressure on black people um, to act as, as in, in a particular way? I mean, how do you how do you manage um, maintaining that authenticity that you just mentioned, um, but also making sure you're not too different? <laughs> you know, cause that is a struggle sometimes, not feeling like yeah. you have to conform in some way. Mm. Yeah, that is the balance, right? Is is how do you? You have to be yourself, but you also, you know, have to be flexible enough to, to, you know, to be honest, play the part, you know, to, to have influence, you, you have to let go perhaps some of what may feel natural in, in order to be 
a leader. And that's, and that's something that everyone has to, to be honest, everyone has to, has to struggle with, but it is particularly difficult for, I think, black people um, because we know bias, prejudice, racism, that's all real and it really does impact how, how we present ourselves and how we approach work. You know, you mentioned the, your experience of, of, you know, walking in and kind of being the only, I think the fear I have is that when you walk into those spaces and, and you have, you know, you walk into work and if you're the only black woman, you, you may feel that you literally represent your entire race because there may be, in fact, many of many colleagues who, you know, you may be the only black person they know or really communicate with. And that's a lot of pressure. And honestly, another burden that your white colleagues just simply don't have to think about. So, you know, and it's happened to me, just that feeling of, okay, um, there's a lot of stereotypes out there about black women, for example, of of um, being angry or coming across angry. And, you know, I have to think about that because even though I know that it's a bias and it's not actually real, I'm aware that if I speak a certain way that I could play into this stereotype that this other person may have of how Black women are and I may be feeding into that. I'm mindful of it. But I, I don't, I try not to let it change who I am, right? So, and I, I also, you know, try to look at it objectively because I've had experiences where I thought I have been just being completely reasonable and, and speaking normally and, and just asserting my view, a viewpoint and it's apparently come across as too strong or too straightforward. And, you know, I had a, I thought about it and like, okay, was I too straightforward? And, you know, just looking at it critically, I said, actually, no, I wasn't. And I don't think, you know, you, you get feedback, but you, I, I decided that that was feedback that I, did, I didn't know if it was laced and biased, but I just chose not to accept that at that time. And, um, and, and just not let it, you know, affect, how I was going to give my opinion the next time. Um, and this is actually, you know, where the role models and the mentors and, and having your own sort of support team, it's really, really important to be able to go to them and share what's happened and share the experience so that you can kind of get that objective view. Is this an area where maybe I do need to change how I'm presenting or acting or communicating or my personality or or am I or am I being okay and it's 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 them or um, a, an opinion that is you know potentially you know not as as valid so I think that it's something that we definitely have to think about it's definitely a pressure for us and um, my, my hope and, and is that, especially for young people who are right now on the journey, is that they're managing it in a way where they can maintain their authenticity and don't have to feel like they have to completely conform to 
what others think is the personality or the communication style or um you know the the non-negative stereotype <laughs> I hope that i hope that makes sense that's that's really all very really interesting thank you jackie so i know you're one of the co-founders of a network called black women in asset management and um, so can you tell us a bit more about that and your role in 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 that network yeah sure um so I, I co-founded Black Women in Asset Management in 2019. Um, so I met my co-founder, Miriam, at a networking event for um, um, minorities who work in private equity. And we spotted each other in this room and we were, once again, like the only Black women. And so we kind of just found each other and started speaking and we met up for coffee um, after that and said, you know, it'd be really great to start um, getting together the other black women who work in this space because we just hadn't met many over the you know decade that we had been working in private equity. Um, and, you know, when we started, we started holding networking dinners um, in private dining rooms around London and just reaching into our, um, our contacts to invite women to join. I thought that, okay, maybe we'd find like 20, 25 women and that'd be really nice and great. And we would get to know each other and build relationships. But we, I was pleasantly surprised to find so many more women working in investment. Um, and it was a lesson to me as well you know, I kind of bought into the narrative that there were not a lot of black people out there. There's, you know, just, it's hard to find black talent and, and all these things, which actually wasn't true because with just a little bit of effort, there were so many women that we found. Um, and so now we have actually over 250 members in the organization and it includes um, not only women who work in private equity, but all sorts of um, investment firms. Um, so hedge funds, venture capital, and public equities. And also the, the organization has women who work um, in advisory roles to those firms. So there are a number of lawyers, consultants, and accountants. It was really important to build a network that included women um, who, who touch the entire investment ecosystem. And um, we really wanted to allow those women to build, the, build relationships we, with each other in a safe space. Um, you know, part of why we, we started it and, and really have been working hard to grow it was because we definitely recognize that um, we're in an industry that does not always feel welcoming for many of the reasons that we, we've already touched upon um, because you are the only and it's very male dominated. You know, we have women who work in, worked in trading and have experiences of literally being the only woman for floors <laughs> in their office, you know? Um, and we, we wanted to create a space where women could come and feel well. And the beautiful thing about the networking dinners 
we would all get around one, you know, large table. And it was so powerful that, you know, every woman had a voice at that table to share their story or to share advice or to share their opinions on whatever the topic was. Um, and it was just really inspiring for me. And so, um, you know, COVID, we would hold networking dinners. Since COVID, we've been able to actually expand our reach and do a lot more. We've held um, a lot of Zoom workshops and trainings focused on leadership and career development. Um, so we recently had a session on salary negotiation. Um, we've had sessions on personal branding. Um, we had a session very recently, recently on um, self-care and managing burnout, and we've had industry panels on deal sourcing and one really, really great panel featuring Black women who've, who've actually founded and led and now lead investment funds. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're going to continue to build on that. And ultimately, our goal is to help the black women who are in our membership and who are currently working in investment to stay in the game and advance to senior leadership. And we want to, as an organization, provide them with tools and resources and a network that supports them in that goal. That's really inspiring, um, Jackie. I mean, it's we sort of here at Travers um, know the importance of having network groups, both. Um, Raf and I are members of our kind of internal Bain network groups and also our face resources groups. So, um, and we completely understand the sort of the, the, the importance of having that safe space and to be able to have a forum and to be able to share concerns. And also just, it feels a bit more empowering having others around you feeling the same way and, and sharing ideas of how to combat issues. And so, um, that's been really interesting. So thank you for sharing that with us. Sure, I'm sure. And, and so, yeah, thank you very much, Jackie. I totally agree. Um, and I've definitely been in that situation where you walk into the room and you find that one other black person, <laughs> like, we all be friends. <laughs> I totally relate to that. Um, so just before we wrap up, I um, want to ask you a final question. So at Travers, we talk a lot at the moment about allyship. Um, and as you know, with the um, Black Lives Matter months ago, I think the world is gradually waking up to the importance of um, recognising these issues and better supporting um, the black community. Um, what one thing or, um, or action would you ask our listeners to do to help to become a better ally um, and to work towards tackling racial injustice? Yeah, so this is interesting. I I think it's really important if you're if you're an ally or if you're someone who wants to be an ally is to you know, is to not be silent. <laughs> I I think what was really really interesting was after George Floyd's death, um we black women in asset management, we also have a WhatsApp group where a lot of the women are, are in the WhatsApp group and, and we share advice and, and different opportunities and, and just, um, you know, different resources. But, you know, when this happened in May, yeah, it was in May, 
I had sent a message to the group because I knew how I was feeling and I knew how I was feeling. We, we were all in lockdown, so I, we were home, but we weren't in the office. And what was interesting was that I was actually grateful to be home because um, when I was in the office, when you know similar situations of police brutality and violence had happened when I was um, working in private practice, I had this experience of, you know, sitting in an office and feeling all of these emotions about racial injustice and racism and what do I do? And this was really impacting how my emotions and I didn't know who to speak to and I wasn't really able to work effectively. And, you know, I remember thinking that there was just no one around me at the time who even cared or understood because no one said anything to me. And it was something that me and everyone in my community were talking about and thinking about nonstop. And I, um, you know, and then when after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the situation in Central Park, it was felt like a little bit like deja vu. And I texted the group to just share, you know, I know everyone's going through all of these, you know, emotions and just telling them that it was really important to take time out for yourself. I just got a flood of messages of women who were so grateful to have, you know, this group of other people they can speak to because they were in, they're working from home, but they knew that no one else at work was going to say anything, was going to like acknowledge it or give them space to, to even take time to grieve. And, you know, tying it back to allies, this is where allies come in, where you know, if you see that something like this is happening and that it impacts your black colleague, you know, you can say something <laughs> and show them that you see them and you see how they may be impacted in their experiences and that this, you know, they're moving in a space that's a little bit different from you. Um, and I think that's really, really important. So, um, yeah, I, I, I describe it as just don't be silent when these things happen, when, when you reach out and, and just um, show your Black colleagues or your Black friends that you see them and that you're not like colorblind. The world is, it, people are not experiencing all of these events in the same way. And um, I, it, it's about showing empathy as well and that's the one way you do it is you you talk to people and you and you ask questions and, and and be really interested in their stories and trying to understand what life is like for them what what is it like for you to walk into this firm and, and be the only or, or walk into this team and be the only black person or black woman um and and and, and showing that empathy and showing that you have a genuine interest in their well-being and in their success and in their advancement. So, so that would be my, I don't know if it's a call to action, but you know, don't just don't, don't be silent. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, definitely hope that's something that yeah, we, can all do, we can all do better as well. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and I think on that note, we'll, we'll end there. So, um, yeah, so thank you very much for taking part. And it was lovely to get to know you and hear your experiences. Um, and I hope all of the listeners um, enjoy hearing your experience too. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.